Another Star Wars movie out, you say? Sounds like another episode of Star Wars Review Radio. Wait, I I mean, Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. Welcome to Cheerful Ghost Radio. My name's John, and for this episode, I'm joined by... Travis. Only, as Tim is sick and lost his voice and as such couldn't make the recording. It's a really special time because we're going to be talking about the new, brand new... New, 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 new again. Solo, a Star Wars story. (laughs) So to do this right, we're going to break up our review into two parts. This one featuring Travis and I, and the next one with everybody. Solo, a Star Wars story, is the new Lucasfilm prequel featuring everyone's favorite Corellian smuggler, Han Solo. Solo has had a somewhat troubled production when Lucasfilm replaced the original directors, Lord and Miller, with veteran director Rod Howard. We're now living in a world where we get a new Star Wars movie per year. Is this a good thing? Or has Lucasfilm succumbed to the dark side? According to IMDb, during an adventure into a dark criminal underworld, Han Solo meets his future co-pilot Chewbacca and encounters Lando Calrissian years before joining the Rebellion. What do you think? Well, what do you know? And we will begin our review with non-spoiler thoughts. Travis, your non-spoiler thoughts for Solo, a Star Wars story. It is so much better than I expected it would be. I, I kind of went into this with zero expectations because I never felt like the trailers for it were giving me an accurate representation of what the movie was going to be like and i was right about that they really didn't sell the movie that we saw i don't think but no no in fact i wonder i think maybe i think that was maybe part of the timing of this because again Mm -hmm. it was down to the wire when ron had the final cut finished you know and i think that they needed to get the marketing done sooner and so what they had to work with I don't know. It just didn't sell much to me. So yeah. I was kind of with you. I was like, wow, this looks not good. I mean, I didn't think it looked bad, but it looked very different from what we got. The, yeah. the second trailer, they really ramped it up. Like it looked so much better and more like what we got in the second trailer, but still not, not enough. Um, and I'm, but I'm really glad that that's the case because this was an excellent movie. I thought, I mean, it wasn't, it was more on the lines of a you know fun popcorn movie. There's no big things that affect the power struggle between the rebellion and the empire. And, you know, it, it's just a fun movie and that's fine. You know, we can, we have a lot of room in the star Wars universe to have that kind of thing. So it wasn't like a big, important movie, but it was great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, so I want to tell everyone that I'm really happy that we're going to be breaking this review up into two parts, and we're going to do part two next month. And I think part of the reason why I think that's really good is because all the thoughts you're going to get from me were the thoughts 
that I wrote down right after I saw the movie that night. And I was up for like an hour and a half because I had a lot of thoughts on the movie. Um, these are the thoughts that I had before I watched any of the um, reviews that I read anything on the Internet or anything like that. We're going to talk for part two. We're going to talk about how people have responded to this reviews. And it's going to be kind of a review of the reviews, kind of like what we did for the last Jedi, except it's going to be broken up into two parts, which I think is really good. So this is my these are all my thoughts again, right after I saw the movie. Um, and so after I saw the movie, I texted (laughs) Tim and Travis this, this is exactly, this is a quote. Solo is way better than I thought it would be. Ron Howard worked a miracle on that movie. And there is a fun surprise in it or three. So that's not spoilerific or anything, but that's really what I thought. And I remember in the movie theater, as I was watching it, I had a smile on my face. I, I was wowed by it by it. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was a lot of fun, but you guys got to understand that I, I think I am, I don't think I can look at star Wars objectively, but then again, I don't think I can look at really anything objectively because I'm looking at it and I have opinions on things and I have a particular background that other people don't have. So look at it in the way that I do. And I love star Wars movies and I came in wanting to like it. And I came in with like Travis and like a lot of people, I think I had low expectations for it and totally delivered on all of it. Is it a perfect movie? I don't think I care, <laughs> but the answer is no, it's not, but it was a lot of fun and I had a good time and I can't wait to watch it again, but let's, let's get into some non-spoiler free specifics though. And there are a lot, holy smokes. So, uh, let's see. I really think this movie had a voice of its own. And I think that's really important because when you're doing a Star Wars movie, you can go a couple ways. You can go Last Jedi and do something really, really different. Or you can kind of do what Solo did, which is you're not going to really do anything too different. In fact, it's really just going to be kind of mostly fan service or sort of filling in the lore and that kind of thing. But Solo still had its own voice and it still added things to Star Wars in little ways that I thought was fun. You know, it wasn't as it wasn't as leapfrog as The Last Jedi and trying to do so many new things. But I liked it for what it was. It was really fun. There's this one scene where, you know, there's some people singing um, and it's very Cantina esque, but it's doing its own thing. And it's kind of a weird song. And then there's this alien who's singing inside of like like a. Uh, what is it like a it's like a jar of yeah. weird water and it just was so weird and i love that and, and this movie has that it's got star wars in it and it was fun and it was in it and it added that extra element to the star wars galaxy and i really really appreciated the movie for that and i like how it was a movie about people existing in the star wars universe without jedi and sith and it had a pretty modern western action vibe which i really enjoyed so I wasn't really sure that you could have a Star Wars movie without Jedi or any of that kind of thing in it. And this one really does it. In fact, I would almost say to the point of this didn't maybe even need to have Han Solo in it at all. This could have just been space Western action movie with a totally new character. And I think it maybe even would have been better for it, honestly. Uh, I mean, Han Solo is fine in this. And I think Alden does a great job and the movie's not oh, bad. Does. I just. Yeah. 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 He's great. And he does his own thing, too. He's not. He's not trying to be, you know, um, Harrison Ford necessarily. Um, I think there are some elements that he tries to pull in, like, the, you know, him standing and the way that he holds his gun and stuff. But I think it kind of does like a Chris Pine for um, William Shatner. You know, he's sort of doing his own thing, mm-hmm. which I think is to his credit. 
So something a little bit about the theater experience of this movie. So I talked a little bit about this on Cheerful Ghost already in some of the comments, but when I saw The Force Awakens, it was a really amazing theater experience. Again, you sort of have to remember the time, right? So at The Force Awakens, it was new Star Wars. It looked like it was the Star Wars movie that fans were wanting, and there was so much hype. I don't remember Christmas that year. I remember Star Wars that year. Uppercase Star Wars. That's all I remember. I mean, Travis, do you remember The Force Awakens? Yeah, I, I remember, like, like you said, I remember that more than I remember Christmas of that year. It was, um, it, there was kind of this like palpable energy in the room where people were trying to figure out, okay, is this going to be what we've hoped it would be for all these years or is it going to be more prequels? And it was a great payoff after like when the credits rolled, like I don't, don't, I don't know if it's a matter of where you live, but I have only ever heard applause in the movie theater, like twice in my life. And like everybody was applauding at the end of that. It was, yeah, like you said, it was just that, that great theater experience with all the hype built up around it. And probably the most memorable visit to the theater I've ever had, honestly. Right. So for me, every Star Wars movie I've seen since The Phantom Menace has been on opening night. And so or the day that it's opened Um, and The Phantom Menace and all the movies after I'm sorry, The Force Awakens and every movie after it. um, Although I did see The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith on opening day and all that. But for The Force Awakens, I saw that opening night with a theater full of geeks and it was almost all full it was a huge theater packed to the gills lots of people wearing their star wars clothes people you know in some kind of cosplay and it was it was great tons of love for the movie um so um continue that on to rogue one and there were that was about half full the theater was about half full but still very fun a lot of fans there really enjoyed it um, the Last Jedi was way more full, you know, it was about it was about like The Force Awakens, but but a few less people, you know, Star Wars wasn't new anymore. So this was the third movie we got, um, but it was it was great. A lot of fans, uh, a lot of people really, really enjoyed that in the theater. Um, and if anyone hated <laughs> The Last Jedi, I certainly didn't hear any fans and see anybody's faces or anything like that. It seemed like everyone really liked it that saw it in the theater. Of course, can't re- read anyone's mind, obviously. And then so it was a little, and the reason why I bring this all up is because it was a little different for Solo. For instance, opening night, same theater. I'd say it was maybe one fourth full, like just one fourth the crowd. Um, it was Star Wars people, but it, I didn't have to stand in line early to get a seat. In fact, it was just me. Like we arrived mm, because I was there at the theater, I arrived two hours early, like I always do. And I'm like, hey, where's the line? They're like, there's not going to be a line for this. I'm like, really? What? And so they're like, yeah, you can just come back in like an hour and you'll probably just be able to walk in. And that's exactly what happened. We came back in an hour. There was two, you know, younger dudes in front of me and we just kind of walked in, got our seats and there was no line. Um People really seemed to enjoy the movie when we watched it, but I just didn't see the energy there. I, I haven't seen people like camp out for t- well, like pre-order them too much online. Didn't seem like there was much pre-order there. And I and I'm and I kind of asked this question on Cheerful Ghost why there maybe wasn't so much energy for this movie. Travis, I don't know. What do you think about this one? Do you think you think you know maybe you know why? Well, okay. Apparently, Memorial Day weekend is a bad weekend for movies anyway. It doesn't seem to perform very well, and we just had Deadpool two. Like last week and infinity war 
a couple weeks before that. And then you got Incredibles 2 coming out in a couple weeks. So it's a really packed time for movies. And, you know, during the Christmas holiday, when we've seen all the other movies, people have time off for Christmas. Some people, anyway. So I wonder if... I, I think... I heard the same kind of thing for theaters around here, but when we went Saturday night, I'd say it was about three fourths full. So I'm wondering if it's just a matter of like opening night being in the middle of a work week in May with all those other movies around it has any, has almost all of it because of that. Uh, I I do think that there's going to be some people who didn't like the last Jedi and are kind of have a sour taste in their mouth. So they didn't come back and see it. And the fact that instead of having a, yearly star Wars. This one came five months after the last one instead of a full year. So people kind of have that fix and maybe they're not coming to see it because of that. I think there's, there's a lot of stuff that just kind of piled on top of this so that it's not, it's not the opening weekend that they wanted, but it still looks like it's going to be a little over a hundred million domestically for the weekend. So generally good money, but not as much as they were hoping for a star Wars movie. Yeah, I wonder if we're moving into Star Wars movies, you know, getting more Marvel kinds of money like Marvel movies do quite well. Infinity War did really, really well. That said, some of them, you know, just do pretty well, you know, and this one might be just doing pretty well. Um, And and I've read some articles that maybe um, maybe it's not making as much money as they wanted. And it's funny because my notes here say I'm curious how Soul is going to do at the box office so far. Not great. But I also said I imagine fans are going to like it. Um, because it's more of a fan movie than I expected. And that's what I thought the night of that, that fans would like it, but we're going to talk more about, uh, what everyone sort of thinks about the movie next month. But so I'm going to say also, so sort of spoiler free, the actors in the film are great. And, um, I heard a rumor that Alden couldn't act and was played. They got like an acting coach for him. Well, if they did, they got one hell of a coach for him because I think that he does great in this movie. He, he, because I and I sort of had to reset my expectations because I realized that he's never going to be Harrison Ford and the Han Solo that I love. So I kind of threw that out and I sort of don't care. And when I sort of don't care that it's Han Solo or Chewbacca or anything like that, the movie's fun. And I just had a good time. And I, I don't ha- and I sort of was just like, OK, well, let's take the movie for what it is, not what I want it to be. And it was good. And Alden did a really good job. Um so and to go I back think on the, what you were saying there with um, Alden and yeah. his acting coach. Um, so uh, this is, you know, I wasn't on set. I don't know how the, all these conversations went, but from people who were in air quotes knowledgeable about these things, um, Kasdan and Kathleen Kennedy were not happy with the way Lord and Miller were taking the movie because they were trying to make it too improvised and too kind of funny. And so they brought in... Uh, Oh my God, Ron Howard. They brought in Ron Howard to replace them. And Alden apparently had some issues with Ron Howard's directing at that point because he had gotten into the mindset of the way Lord and Miller wanted him to play that character. So they brought the acting coach in to unlearn everything that Lord and Miller had told him to do. Totally. And again, of course, who knows if that's 100% true or not. We, We weren't flies on the wall in those meetings, but that makes a lot of more sense to me because man, I really thought he was great. He, he, he pulled off that Han Solo swagger really well. The attitude, the cockiness and everything. 
Um, he wasn't Harrison Ford. He really wasn't. But nobody is Harrison Ford. I mean, he's he is one of a kind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I think he sort of nailed it for me by sort of, you know, downplaying it a bit or, you know, just doing, you know, what he thought was best. And I think it worked really well. Another standout for me here is Amelia Clark as Kira. I really liked her character a lot. And I mean, it makes sense, too, because the movie is really about Han Solo and Amelia Clark, their characters together. Uh, Yeah. And I really enjoyed that. I mean, um, Woody Harrelson did a good job. Um, I think that one of the fun things about this movie is it's like uh really Chewbacca is really fun in this we'll talk a little bit more about that in spoilers but yeah the characters are good so um another non-spoiler free thought I had was um each Star Wars movie sort of takes the franchise and universe forward and this one does it a lot more than some of them um and I think that the creativity and shots and the scenes and about how the empire is portrayed and the perspective it has from like an expendable soldier level is sort of industry and interesting or like a stormtrooper level. I think we saw some of that in Rogue One, which is, you know, Rogue One being like an actual war movie. And this kind of does it in the same way. And it's actually really funny because at one scene, um, I can't talk about that because that's a spoiler scene. So I have to really not talk about that one day. <laughs> we'll come back to that. Um, but uh, the Empire is pretty brutal. Slavery's all over the galaxy. And the universe feels way more dangerous than other Star Wars movies. It's like everyone's going to get snatched and become a slave in this movie. It's so dangerous. Like the movie just feels seedier and more dangerous. And um, I didn't really feel that in A New Hope or even Rogue One, actually. And Solo really gets that. I mean, but also it's fun. It's a fun movie, too. So it's kind of a hard tonal shift to be like, OK, well, the universe is dangerous and sort of seedy, but then fun. Like, it's a fun movie. So I think they did that. And I and I'm really looking forward to watching it again um, and kind of finding out a little bit more where it lands in the saga for me. And after reading those reviews, holy smokes, I really have to watch it again because it's like we'll, we'll talk about more of that later. But let's just say my I was surprised <laughs> by what I heard from a lot of people about this movie. So anything else you want to say, Travis, and spoiler free? No, I'm ready to get into some spoilers. I heard a story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything you've heard about me is true. <laughs> All right. So our spoiler thoughts are going to start right now. Travis spoil it for everyone what happened in han solo or solo a yeah. story so freaking darth maul shows up like wow <laughs> just he to, just goes straight to the end he's to, going straight to the biggest spoiler of the whole movie to get darth the maul. big elephant in the room like darth maul shows up like the the, the mm-hmm. big crime organization mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you follow through this movie darth maul is the lead of it and that's kind yep. of a ballsy move because yep. a lot of I people, loved, I loved it. I loved it. I did too. I, that I really did. A lot of people, like, I've heard of people wondering. Okay, well, wait. Does this take place before Episode One? Because Darth Maul died in Episode One. A lot of people in the theater that came with me as friends asked the same thing. I said, yeah. No, it's definitely after that. And I only the only reason why I knew that is because I kind of had heard what happened in Rebels and what happened in Clone Wars. I, mm-hmm. I haven't watched those shows, but I know kind of, you know, the the beats of those, you know. Yeah. So, you know, getting that one out of the way, I love that. And I'm I love it because I think they wouldn't bring that up if it were just going to be like a 15 second clip and we're done with him. So I think they've got some plans to bring Darth Maul into more movies. 
So maybe he'll show up in that rumored, well, confirmed now, Boba Fett movie. Um, <clears throat> I think, okay, so here, here's what I think. I, I just sort of thought about this the other day. This is what I think is going to happen. The Han Solo movie, the Boba Fett movie, and then the Obi-Wan movie after that are all going to be part of a trilogy or at least movies that are connected. And it's going to yeah. start with Solo, a Star Wars story. And then and then chronologically, it's going to be Boba Fett after it or during it. And then after that, it's going to be an Obi-Wan movie. And Darth Maul is probably going to be in the next two. Right? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Boba Fett's probably going to work for Darth Maul. And then at the end. Obi-Wan's going to take him down or Darth Maul's going to be like, Obi-Wan, where are you at, dog? <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> and it's going to it's going to or he's going to try to menace him in some way. And I imagine some kind of like rebels slash Clone Wars retcon is going to happen a little bit, a little bit to make that work. But um, I'm looking forward to it. That sounds like amazing fun. So when I saw that scene where Kira like where there's a like a projection of someone in a dark cloak i'm like who the heck is who is this is this the emperor i thought it was the emperor i thought she was talking to the emperor at first and then i'm like oh shit it's snoke it's snoke <laughs> no she's talking to snoke and then and then the hood comes off and i'm like oh it's darth maul i did not see that coming at all now if you probably watched clone wars or rebels you probably heard the voice and you probably knew exactly who it was because i guess that's the voice in clone wars and rebels but i hadn't seen it so it was a surprise to me i just thought it was snoke or the emperor or something (laughs) like that and then it was like darth maul and then he stood up with robot legs and i'm like he turned his lightsaber on for no reason and i loved it i loved it It was so bad but i loved it i just loved it and then she's like so upset because they're gonna be like working together and what is and then you know in my mind i'm like oh man is she going to become his apprentice and she's going to become like a bad jedi and like i'm like a sith or some crap and i just i just i I, and then later i was you know driving home with one of my friends who took me in the movie theater and i'm like are we gonna get a movie where darth vader and the emperor go after darth maul and kira and they fight i'm like that would be so amazing and he thought it would be really cool but they're probably not going to do that but it would be pretty fun if they did um because you know i guess you know because bad guys there can only be two bad guys at once or some stupid star wars reason or whatever you know um but if i realize though that if this was Snoke, then this would be the best Star Wars movie ever for a lot of people because it would have had Snoke backstory in it at least for right. four seconds. So yeah, it uh, would have been an instant ten out of ten with every Last Jedi. Hate. <laughs> but it was a fun moment, yeah. and I really hope Darth Maul comes back. Agreed. A lot. Yeah, and it's funny because you asked me beforehand, and you're like, "Don't answer this," but like. You know, one element I remember you mentioning, uh, well, you can tell me what you kind of think about Rogue One and the prequels and all that. But, yeah, that's kind of what you texted me and all that. Yeah, and I was about to I was about to go into that. One thing that I loved about Rogue One was that it had some threads tying the prequels and the original trilogy together with Bail Organa showing up and solo Jimmy Smith. Yeah. I want more Schmitz. Same well, here. I can't. He's a, he's he's dead now. But yeah. Oh, that's too bad. More Schmidt. It's Smith's. Anyways, go ahead. But um, yeah, one thing that I liked about Solo was that there's even more of that because, you know, we already mentioned Darth Maul um, and the I can't remember the guy's name, but there's this like really funny looking Warwick alien. Davis. No, not 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 him, but like this really f- weird alien looking dude that was with Saw Gerrera, who is in um a crew in this movie like he just shows up he doesn't have any 
important parts, but there he was, the guy from Sagarera's crew hanging out with I Memphis know, people Ness. People said that, and I missed it. And yeah. I'm like, damn it. I really need, was not paying attention to... Because everyone's like, oh, this person shows up and that person shows up. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> well, of course I'm going to see it again, but yeah, I don't know. I just really missed it. And speaking of that, of Emphis Nest's crew there, uh, Warwick Davis is in there playing the same character that he played for like five seconds in the stands of the pod race in episode one. And what is he's really he's really gone up in the world. Yeah. too. I mean, he goes from just like guy watching, you know, a pod race to in some really sweet rebel group you know that they just look badass as hell so good on him yeah. you know he's gone up in the world so and also at the pod race you see a you don't really know anything about her but you see this woman like standing up on top of a cliff looking down she's like got really pale skin and has like a metal stick poking up out of her head you might remember her she shows up in the clone wars uh, as a bounty hunter Ara Singh who worked with Boba Fett and Bosk in the Clone Wars some, and there's like an offhand mention of like somebody's talking to Beckett, like, Hey, you're Beckett. You're the one who killed Ara Singh. And that was, and, uh, Tandy Newton's character, Val mentions Bosk. Like there's so many threads just tying everything together. I love how it tries to incorporate that and pull things together. Um, one thing that I hope to, to get out of these anthology films was that connective tissue. And we're definitely getting that. Totally. It, it was a lot of fun how they're yeah. sort of all coming together. So I wrote down some ideas about Darth Maul and things that they could do um, in further movies with Darth Maul. So I'll, I'll come up with some of my ideas. Okay. So some of them range from more realistic and then Travis, you can rate them on a, you know, a, you know totally going to happen to completely knock it <laughs> okay. scale. Okay. Okay. You, you can rate my Darth Maul coming back ideas. All right. So here we go. An Obi-Wan Kenobi movie and Darth Maul's a bad guy and some kind of Sith mob boss and Kira's his right hand. What do you think? That's pretty. You know, how do you think that's going to happen? Yeah, I think that he's I think he's probably going to be the like you said, he's going to be in all of the next two movies with Boba Fett and Obi-Wan. Um, the one thing though, he can't go to Tatooine until like very close to the end of his story. Right. And so, yeah, they can probably work that in yeah, there. So, yeah. but, yeah. but yeah, I definitely think that he's going to be in it. And I hope that Kira kind of stays with these movies as well, because I loved her character and kind of the betrayal at the end there leaves the door open for a lot more. Right. So another idea I wrote down the night after I saw the night I saw it was Darth Maul becomes Snoke in his own movie by removing his horns and messing up his face. Okay, so yeah, that's not going to happen, but it would be kind of funny if it did, honestly. (laughs) I would like to see it. Yeah, he becomes Snoke. You know, look, everyone thinks he died, right, in the first, in in the Phantom, and it's clearly he didn't die. So, I mean, maybe he comes back and he messes up his face and he becomes Snoke. I don't know. Well, like, now they're never going to find me. I don't know. Do you care about uh, Rebels spoilers at all? I mean, I already know, but let's not spoil that for everyone else. Okay, fair enough. So, um, it's cool. It'll it'll happen in the Obi-Wan movie, so it doesn't matter. They'll see it. So, um, and then I wrote this down as another crazy idea, but I'm pretty much damn sure it's going to happen. And and it's, I wrote down that Boba Fett works for the Crimson Syndicate and Darth Maul and Kira work for, you know, I mean, Boba Fett works for them. And I'm pretty sure that's going to how it's going to work, right? You're going to have yeah. a Boba Fett movie and he's going to work for the Crimson Syndicate and he's going to work for Jabba the Hutt and it's going to go back and forth. And I think what's going to happen in the Boba Fett movie 
is you're going to get Han Solo and you're going to get um, Chewbacca. And they might actually be side characters, which would be amazing. It really would. And you have Boba Fett as the main character. You're going to get you're going to get you're going to get Han and Chewie who might actually even work with Boba Fett. Um, and you're going to have Darth Maul and Kira in that. And you're going to have that kind of back and forth. And you're going to have the whole and you're going to have the Obi-Wan movie later, which is going to end the whole Darth Maul trilogy. <laughs> I know that's crazy, but I think that's maybe what you're going to see. Okay, so like three days ago, did you think that you would be saying the words Darth Maul trilogy today? <laughs> no, but hell? I thought about it today and I'm like Darth Maul trilogy. And again, yeah. I haven't heard anyone talk about this. This isn't, I've read reviews. No one's talking about the Darth Maul trilogy, but I kind of yeah. think there's going to be one. Or it's, Han, it's not going to be Han Solo that's going to tie these movies together. He's only going to be in the first two, right? Uh, Han Solo might not be in the Boba Fett. He might just be a side character again, but it's going to be tied together. I bet by Darth Maul. Actually, that's a guess now. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing as well. Yeah, and I think that would be really, really fun. Okay, so uh, let's go to the top. Okay, uh, let's see. So, did you have any other spoiler things you wanted to talk about? I know that was the big one, Darth Maul. Holy smokes! Yeah, one. I have a few more. Um, yeah, like when you start off the movie, like very shortly after the the, the intro. Uh, Han gets in trouble as Han is wont to do, and uh, they they're gonna throw him in the cage with the beast. And I pretty much immediately thought, okay, that's gonna be Chewbacca. And Absolutely, I was like, okay, Chewbacca time. All right, I'm like, this is gonna be fun. Yeah. Here's here's Chewie. Like I had no like yeah, and it, I, and it I was, was I, yeah. that was a lot of fun. And like when I first heard him, when I first heard Han Solo speaking Wookie. <laughs> I was like, this is fucking terrible. Why are they doing that? But no, yeah. It, 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 yeah, it kind of grew on me a little bit, I think, in retrospect. But that was one part that they could have left out and just had him keep speaking his own language. But I, I did love the whole meeting with Chewbacca and how they became friends. It, one thing that... Could we actually go into the minor nits that we had about the movie? Because I wrote down like I was about to do six. that, actually. Great, yeah. great, great, great. Can I can I go in one and then we'll just trade nits yeah, back yeah, and yeah. forth? Okay. So one nit that I had with the movie, again, and I, I thought it was really good. I just had, you know, just a thing that I thought was a thing. So Han Solo shoots Beckett in the movie. Okay. So I get that Han would probably do that, I guess. But I see, I guess, because at this point, Han Solo is a good guy, but he's way better than he was in A New Hope. And I and I get why they do the Han Solo shooting Beckett because Beckett's about to monologue and Han shoots first. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Ho ho ho. It's funny. It's funny. It's a funny moment. But at that point in time, I just don't think that he's the guy that would shoot first at that point. I mean, he's kind of an idealist in a lot of ways, a dewy eyed sentimentalist, you know, and and I think there's and I hope that in the Boba Fett movie, you, you, you kind of like, you know, like sobers up or toughens up a little bit because i just didn't really see that it just i didn't buy it i thought it was a good moment i think it kind of you know it was like a comment on him shooting first and was kind of funny and it was kind of surprising i don't know what did you think i think if he had seen kira take off with the ship and kind of betray him right before that it would have made more sense but i still think that it 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 was okay i mean he pretty much knew what beckett was going to do at that point like if he didn't kill him he was going to die so but mostly it was for the the tie-in to Han shooting first. I mean, it was just a visual joke. Haha, ha, Han shoots first. But yeah, I didn't I didn't have a a big problem with that one. But 
Yeah, it's on my minor nits list. Yeah. It's not a huge deal. But I thought I just was like, oh, I didn't really. I mean, it, you know, yeah. So another. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. You had one. Yeah, my. Uh, I don't even know if I would say it's a minor nit or a nit at all. But, you know, a question. You can kind of piece this out in this movie out into parts pretty well. And there's the part after he joins up with Beckett's crew where they're running the train job and you meet their forearmed pilot who's basically Rocket Raccoon. I can't remember his name and Val who are both pretty interesting characters and then they die very quickly. And I don't know if we were supposed to feel bad that they died or not, but I didn't really care because we didn't get to know them yet. It felt like that part might've been rushed a bit to get to the next part. But it might just be that you know, this is all exposition on where Han get, how Han gets to where he gets, and we're not really supposed to care that much about them, if that makes sense. No, it does, and this was one of my nits, so I'll get straight to it. So a lot of people die in this movie without much weight to it, actually. So um, the movie's really fun, and that's to its credit, but I think the movie's trying to build some stakes through characters that die, but they have little consequence to the story or anything. And so let's just talk about one thing that the movie sets up. The movie sets up that Beckett really likes his girlfriend or his partner, whatever, right? Thandi Newton. And she's cool. Um, and then she dies and it's almost that he doesn't even care or he spends like a second on it. Yeah. And then later on in the movie, he's like, well, you really liked your girlfriend. He's like, man, I don't care about anybody. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like trying to think, okay, well, what's the movie trying to do? Okay. Is the movie trying to say that, he actually doesn't care about anyone. Oh, actually. So what is he trying to do? One, make Beckett out to be a liar and then he really didn't care. Or two, he cared, but it's muddled and I didn't understand what his motivations were because movie or something like what do you what did you think from that Beckett moment? Like, did he not care or did he care or was he lying or I think what? that Beckett tells himself a lot of things to make himself feel better. And that was an example of one. I feel like he's survived by pushing emotions aside. So he's just not letting himself care. I think when he's, okay. when he's screaming, I'll, I'll accept that. I like that. When, okay. when he's mourning Val's death there very briefly, however, yeah, yeah, I didn't care that much, but he clearly did. Yeah, and that's true. So Maybe he pushed it down. He's a lot of, yeah. probably a lot of people have died in his life. So yeah, I think that's what he was doing. Yeah. Probably not getting too attached. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So again, but a lot of people die in this movie yeah. and it's not really too much consequence. Now, again, the movie's got to straw the line between a lot of fun and kind of serious. And I just think it kind of dropped the stakes out to the point of, well, you know, the characters didn't really, you know, have much weight there, I think. So I think that's a nit that I shared as well. So, um, so another nit that I had was, okay, so Han Solo funds the rebellion, yeah. Okay. So let me talk about this. In the movie, Han Solo like gets a bunch of really expensive stuff that you can sell and they in the movie they talk about how much the stuff costs and it keeps changing prices throughout the movie, which I think is hilarious. At first it's like 80 credits and then it's like 600 credits and it's 10,000. It doesn't matter. It's it's like a I don't know. I don't know if they did that on purpose to be like nerds like make nerds go crazy or whatever. I thought it was funny. But anyways, so um, really expensive. They they have a ton of this stuff. And Han, because he's got a heart of gold, um, he gives it to the rebels. And so he funds the rebellion. And at that point, I was like, what the fuck? It, like, whatever. Like, he wouldn't have done. Like, 
in a couple of years in a new hope, he wouldn't have done that. <laughs> you know what I mean? He would have taken the money. So oh, it was weird to me that he also funded the rebellion. He doesn't mention it in a new hope. He's like, he could have said something like princess, you owe me this with interest. Like when she's paying him later, be like, look, I paid you guys. Like I gave you all this money earlier. I'm just getting my money back. You know what I mean? Cause he, <laughs> cause he takes it from them later. So again, it just seemed like a point where they're trying to make Han Solo out to, cause he, cause he's Han Solo. So he has to be, awesome and i don't know it just seemed like a really writery moment that made mm-hmm. little sense when you kind of think about it i guess but i don't know what do you think about that i mean i thought it was a minor nit i didn't really care but it just seemed weird to me i suppose uh i hadn't even thought about it until now honestly i thought hey interesting han ends up kind of funding the rebellion by stealing stuff for them but i mean at that point he's like you said he's more idealistic something I feel like his character didn't change drastically between the beginning and end of the movie. I feel like there's got to be more coming, more that happens to him in the intervening, like, what, 10 years. To, He's got to get hit a bunch. Yeah, yeah, definitely. In the next five years or 10 years or whatever it is. Did you have any other nits yeah, on your list? I had a couple more. Um, I have a couple more as well. Um, so I loved the introduction of the Falcon and the explanation for how the Falcon got went from this pristine ship to a kind of look junky looking ship. And I loved how he met Lando and how he met Chewie and how he ran the Kessel run and the explanation of the 12 parsecs. But it just seems like all that stuff happened in the span of two days. And it's like, let's take everything that we know about Han Solo from the original trilogy. And let's talk about all of those important things that happened in the span of two days. Like it seems like all those major life events would have not been right there within a short time span. And that is a very minor. I don't know, mix. Travis, I've lived 30 years in a couple in like a couple weeks. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, seems, seems real to me. You know? That's a very minor nut. It, very minor, but it did occur to yeah, me at one is. point, like, Hey, this is kind of coincidental that all this stuff is happening right now. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's definitely funny. So, I, okay, so one of the nits that I had was, <laughs> so this is just writing. This is movie stuff. I love movies. I love movies. Okay, so why would you transfer really expensive stuff using a train that sucks with like no guards on it <laughs> when you could use a spaceship that's fast? Oh, wait, because of Western movie thing and you need a cool train heist scene, which I'm okay with, which I'm really okay with. But it's like it's movie reason. Yeah. You know, they need a cool scene. They need to like and and it was actually one of the best action scenes in the movie where you have infant's nest and you have them sort of like fighting each other. And it was really, really cool. But I mean, someone needs to get like replaced and fired. (laughs) who's making these decisions about how you transfer really expensive stuff. That's another one that I would not have thought of if you hadn't pointed it out, but you make a pretty good point. They may have had some sort of a throwaway line to explain why. I don't know, but I, if they did, I didn't catch it. Yeah, it's just but, something that came to me that night. I just started laughing as I was thinking about how stupid yeah. that Not stupid, but just like movie-y it right. was. But no, it's a Western. You need the train heist. And I think it's one of the best scenes in the movie. But Agreed. You know, I mean... Some some security guard needs to be fired. <laughs> okay, uh, you had another nit you wanted to talk yeah, about? I have one more that I want to talk about. And I feel like I've kind of always looked at droids in the Star Wars universe as kind of tragic because they obviously have 
sentience and they have motivations of their own because you wouldn't need restraining bolts otherwise. So it, it always kind of felt like, right. It's like technological the Star Wars universe went straight to AI and then they were like, okay, let's shut that all down. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you had <laughs> L3 and okay. First off L3 dash three, seven elite. Okay. That's cheesy as shit, but okay. I can get past that. But she, her, her plot, her, her purpose that she, her self given purpose is for droid freedom and I thought that was hilarious. I, I, well, I mean, it was awesome and hilarious. And an activist droid. I thought it was great. And that's kind of a, a one a very minor problem that I had with her portrayal is that she was doing something awesome, and we're supposed to be laughing at her for it, but we're also supposed to be supporting her cause. And you know, like, it's I wasn't sure if they were poking fun at her or. I think they were trying to do both. I think they were trying to make her a kind of sympathetic in that way. Make you think about, you know, justice, I suppose for Mm -hmm. droids and then also have her be funny. Yeah. Which I think they did both pretty well. I I do too. I do too. And I put, I put that more on the question side than the knit side because I wasn't sure what their intentions were on it, but I thought it worked well enough from, for me. And I really liked L3's character and she was played really well. And there's a, a, throwaway line basically in episode four when c-3po is interfacing with the falcon and mentions that it speaks a very strange dialect and i thought that was an interesting way to explain that dialect is that she's been kind of building herself like you know, she started off with an astromech head and has just been adding things onto herself over all the years so she would be kind of have a strange dialect probably <laughs> yeah um so one thing am i reading solo right to think that lando fucks droids am am i right are they like getting it on i kind of thought that that was just like a she thought he was into her but wasn't yeah but i know but did they like try to do something i'm i'm just wondering like if so that's i thought it was really funny and the (laughs) fact that that's ambiguity some ambiguity there was kind of neat but i I don't know what the implication is exactly. I mean, you know, it's, it's know. Lando. That is one smooth dude. I, I mean, you know, he's <laughs> not when you're getting it on with a robot. It's probably not too smooth, but yeah, I get it. Yeah, he, he, is, he, he is a really, he, he would probably smooth try to get it on with anything that would yeah. get it on with him. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I thought that was a really fun moment. I did too. And yeah, yeah. I, I liked, uh, I liked Leet's, uh, scenes a lot and speaking of character deaths that was one like her death scene was really well done and i definitely cared about her and i think a lot of that comes from donald glover's acting in that scene man he was great he was great as lando yeah yeah that was an interesting scene okay so okay so for the last couple star wars movies we've been getting the dice Okay, I'm going to talk about the dice for a while. The dice that I'm talking about is apparently land like Han Solo had dice in the Millennium Falcon, and that was in the original trilogy, although I never noticed. Travis, did you notice dice in the original movies? Have you seen them? Do you see those dice? Are they even there? I don't even know. I see them now that they've been pointed out to me, but they could have gone back in time and re-added those into the trilogy for all I know, because I do not remember them at all until they've been such a strong focus like since the last Jedi. 
Yeah, and so they were in the Force Awakens, and I and he was supposed to put them on there, and then he kind of cut that, but they were there, and you could see them in a Force Awakens, and the dice are a big deal in the Last Jedi, and and now the the dice are on Solo. It's like, and then the dice. I heard, according to Kathleen Kennedy, the dice are going to get their own trilogy, which will be pretty fun. Um, nice. So uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, more backstory than you could possibly imagine for the dice. I heard it's a dice prequel. So where the dice were made and how the ore got to where it is and all that kind of thing. So I think that should be pretty interesting. So I just don't, I don't know. I, I felt like the dice for me in almost all these movies has been a little heavy handed and didn't really land. Not that I cared to this point, but that the dice were so much in this movie that I was like, guys, I don't care. Not not that there aren't people out there that do care or whatever. I just don't I don't know why this is a thing now. It just didn't seem like a thing for me. I don't know. What do you think? Do you care about the dice? I mean, I guess you said you never met, like noticed them in the original trilogy and I certainly didn't. But I didn't, were the but dice effective for you? I mean, they're they're trying to connect all the movies together with more stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I felt like dice. it was just more connective plot basically. I it's not really important, but it's kind of a, th- it's kind of like the top of inception in a way. It's just, yeah, but that wasn't, that wasn't so heavy handed. I, I, I agree. This doesn't with you. seem natural to I me. Agree. Honestly, the dice. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't like pull me out of the movie, but I'm like, Oh, you really want me to care about that. Okay. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So another, my, again, again, people, I like this movie a lot. These are just little bits. Okay. We can love sci-fi and, have little things about it that maybe we don't like or and not even don't like just things, you know, whatever things to talk about. So another thing. All right. So when I watched the original trilogy as a wee lad, I noticed Lando. He's a very cool character. I liked him a lot. I think he made Empire. I think it was great in Jedi um, Cloud City. He was cool. I liked how him and Han played back and forth. I liked how he like thought Leia was pretty cute and she thought he was not <laughs> so hot. I loved all that back and forth. I thought he was great. He's great. Billy D. Williams. Awesome. He was also amazing as Harvey Dent in Batman Returns as well. So, um, uh, yeah, that was, a, which is really cool, by the way, um, that um, Tim Burton was actually going to make Harvey Dent a black dude and made him Billy D. Williams, which is great. I wish more was done there. I think if they're going to do a third movie, he probably would have, like, like with Tim Burton, you know, um, directing it, like, Billy D. would have been back, you know, as Two-Face. That would have been cool. So, um, but one aspect of Lando I didn't really think about too much was his cape, okay? He just always had them. You know what I mean? But since this is a prequel, we've got to focus on stuff. And now his capes and because of memes, like his capes are a big deal in the movie. And it was fun. I'm not going to say it wasn't fun. There were some fun cape scenes. But again, this is kind of like the dice thing. I don't know. It's like, a, I don't know. It's like because capes were a thing because of meme culture and popular Star Wars, we have to talk about capes. I don't I don't know. It just seemed like another thing where. It seemed a bit reductive for his character. I don't know. What did you think about capes? Um, I don't think it's Lando and the capes. I don't think it's really meme culture or anything like that. It's, I thought I just thought it was kind of a funny joke at his expense because he's obviously so focused on his. I mean, he 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 is a very smooth guy, like I mentioned before, but he's focused on that a lot, and the capes kind of extend that. And I think having her like. And, 
a sea of all of his capes trying on some of them. I just thought it was a funny moment. I didn't really have any issues with that at all. I kind of see what you mean about it being a bit reductive to his personality, but I don't think it was intended that way anyway. I don't think it was intended to be reductive. And again, I had a lot of fun with those scenes. I just think that you're kind of boiling it down to, I don't know. It just seemed like an attribute of his character. And now it's like a, I don't know. I don't know. It's like a punchline. I, again, it's, it's supposed to be funny and I'm not trying to kill the fun. I, I had a lot of fun with those scenes. It just, again, I thought it was a smidge reductive. Um, and I think those are basically the end of all my nits um, with the movie. So yeah, Travis, did you have any more things you wanted to talk about in terms of spoilers that weren't nits? Yeah, and and again, just to reiterate, all my nits were very minor. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Um, but going back to L3 and her like her uh rebellion amongst the droids that she initiated, I, I thought that was a hilarious scene. Yeah, that was so great. And like seeing the gonk droid up on top of the control panel, like stomping on everything. That was hilarious. But that scene was. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like in a lot of ways, Solo felt less like a Star Wars movie than any of the ones we've seen since the original trilogy and the most like Star Wars since then. And I thought this was, in terms of the mood, it was very much less like all the other ones. But the presentation of things like all this old looking what what modern tech would have looked like to somebody from the 1970s in that refinery uh control room i thought that was such a nice touch that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie not even because of how funny that droid rebellion was just the how everything looked it just kind of pulled me right back to some of the hardware we saw in the original trilogy yeah, I agree. And this is kind of what I mean about having its its own voice in mm-hmm. that way, because I think it takes what we loved about Star Wars and it kind of blends it up a bit. And I think, yeah, Solo is a lot like Rogue One in some ways in that it seemed like Rogue One was kind of a fan service movie. And this one seems like a fan service movie as well in a really good way. So I really liked it uh, in that. Yeah, it was really fun. I got a really good feeling about this. All right, so let's end off on some of our final thoughts on Solo, a Star Wars story, and we will be reviewing, giving our Cheerful Ghost uh, scale rating in our next episode with Tim, and he's also going to talk about what he thinks about the movie as well, and then we're going to talk about um, just sort of the fan reaction to it and sort of how we're thinking about it and how it's sat with us, and we'll also talk about our new Star Wars movie orderings now that we've got Solo in it as well uh, because it'll be somewhere in there probably right under attack of the clones just kidding um travis final thoughts on solo a star wars story one thing that i've noticed about myself editing all these episodes is that when we're talking about movies especially star wars movies i say the words this movie had a lot of problems but and I think I'm going to stop, like, try to make a conscious effort to stop saying that. So anybody listening, if you hear me say that, just call me out on it because every movie has problems and it doesn't make sense to say that. So I just want to say about this movie that it's so much fun and you're really missing out if you don't see it. Um, 
as of right now, if I had to get a ghost scale rating, I'd say it's a must watch, but I'll give the final one next month. But don't listen to criticism like coming out of all the hatred from The Last Jedi. Just go watch it. Ignore all the review sites. It is amazing. It's fun. It's got so much charm. And I can't wait to see it again. Right. So my brain is broken for Star Wars because my heart <laughs> is full of it. I love Star Wars. I love it. Um, not all of them, but I love Star Wars very much. There's no objectivity with me in Star Wars because Star Wars and I have a pretty long history. I've got a Star Wars. I've got like five versions of it on VHS. And you know what I mean? Like there's no like I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt. My son has the exact same shirt. Um, oh, that's adorable for him. And he's like two. You know what I mean? The same, the same. It's a two-year-old version of it. So there's no objectivity for me in this. And again, but I don't really think there's objectivity for me in movies. And if you listen to all of our movie reviews, we give them pretty, we give almost everything review a high rating. Do you know why that is? I'll answer it for you, everyone. Because we don't review stuff we don't like. We don't talk about things that we hate. We just don't. So again, if you're looking for like some <laughs> highfalutin review thing where we talk about crap that we don't like, you're not going to get it here because we don't, we ignore that stuff. We don't talk about stuff because it's, for me, it's kind of a waste of time to talk about stuff you don't like because yeah. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you do that? I mean, if you're looking for someone to do that, like you need to, you know, go to some other kind of thing. But anyways, so um, I will say that. With the sordid history of how this movie was made, again, I'm just going to end off where I started. Um, Ron Howard worked a miracle. Now, I think that, again, we're going to get into the criticisms of this movie, and I think there are, uh, and then how fans look at it. And, and I really want to talk about this one and the next one about sort of how critics looked at this movie, because I, I thought that was interesting, too. But I think that Ron Howard worked, he did a really good job, and his skills are on display, and Ron Howard is... A fantastic director who could take a very hard situation and turn it into the fun that I had. Maybe Solo, a Star Wars story for me, is only exists for fun in that one moment. Maybe if I watch it again, you know, after I listen to everyone else's critiques and I sort of ingest them, maybe it's going to come down sour and it'll be like movie I don't like very much. I don't know. I don't know. It's possible. I hope not. <laughs> I really don't, but it could be. Um, or maybe he did a really good job because for me, I can't sort of take separate out what I know of something and then how I experience it. Right. Because they're the same to me. It's like I understand the story of something. And because of Solo and understanding where it came from, I sort of had some expectations that were lowered. And this more than met them all. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And I can't wait to get this on Blu-ray and have us review it a third time when we talk about the Blu-ray release and all the special features and when we think about it again, because we can't stop talking about Star Wars movies, apparently. Never. This podcast is all about that. Exactly. <laughs> and we're never going to stop. Nope. So um, that'll be good. So I guess my final thoughts are, I'm glad this movie came out. It's going to be the same thing I said for The Last Jedi, although I do like The Last Jedi more, I think. Um, Agreed. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in the next one, but The Last Jedi, and I think they're really different, and I'm really happy they're getting really, really different Star Wars movies. This movie is more of a fan service, popcorn, action, thrill ride, roller coaster, and wow, was I on board for that. And The Last Jedi was subverted my expectations, was so different. It's not anything I could have expected. I could not have written down for what I thought that movie was going to be before I saw it. But Solo was pretty much what I expected, but and better than that. 
and hit them all. And you can have different movies like that in a, in a franchise. And I'm glad we do. I'm glad they're not all the same. I'm glad they're not all homogenous, you know? So yeah, I'm really happy um, that I got to see it. And uh, hopefully I'm going to stop saying I'm really happy this movie exists because I say that with every Star Wars <laughs> movie because I really am. I really am. They're, they're great. And I'm, and uh, I hope and I know I'm probably one of the only fans that's going to say this, but I really hope that Lucasfilm can actually get more than one Star Wars movie out per year. Right. You've got it working with Marvel. Like now I'm a Marvel fan. The Infinity War made me a Marvel fan. You get more than one Marvel movie a year and everyone's cool with that. Well, cool. Let's get more than one Star Wars movie a year. And it's clear to me now, based on seeing this, that Lucasfilm is going to do its damnedest to not release a bad Star Wars movie ever. Oh, yeah. In fact, they doubled the budget of this movie to fix it. And they did a good job. I'm, I'm glad they did it. You know, I, you know, it's going to make its money back and all that. So, yeah, keep them coming. Like, more than one per year. I'm good. I'm in. Again, not objective. I don't want to be. I like liking <laughs> Star Wars. So, I don't know. What do you think, Travis? I mean, do you want more than one movie? Or I know we've all been really hesitant for this, but I think I'm in. I think this movie shows, like, I'm in for more than one per year. What do you think? Yeah, I could definitely do more than one. What I... I think that the last three have just gotten me into the mode of it's coming up on Christmas time to get ready for a star Wars movie. So I just want like, whether we get one a year or three a year, I want one of them to be during Christmas season because that is star Wars season for me. But I agree. And I kind of wish solo was going to be Christmas, but I think Disney actually probably wanted two movies this year and it didn't, wasn't able to get it right. Cause this is the only star Wars movie coming out this year, right? We're not getting episode nine in December, right? We're getting it next year. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. But I think what we probably will get in December is solo released on Blu-ray. So Mm -hmm. that'll be kind of like another star Wars movie coming out. So yeah, that should be really good. So wait for our next Part two episode of our review of Solo, a Star Wars story. Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show, and thanks for listening.